Well, for the next four weeks, uh, for my last uh, series here with you, I want to share something that I think is many times overlooked, and in our culture, um, uh, we have moved away from this concept um, just because of the society we are in, although in the past this was, this was uh, much greater understood because of the way um, uh, uh, everyone lived, but I want to bring us back to this idea of the kingdom. See, we live in a much more individualistic society where everything is about us. We are used to um, uh, focusing on taking care of yourself. Uh, you see, in the past, uh, that was not as much the case. I mean, everyone uh, was much more focused on community. In, in fact, you, you survived uh, through community. Now, with uh, all the technology and everything else, we have become uh, very much focused on ourself. And yet, when we look at the Bible, uh, from the beginning to the end, everything in it is about community. There is no part of it that was ever meant to be an individual, personal thing. Now, God is a personal God. And I'm not saying He cares about each one of us individually, and He would have died for us if we were the only ones uh, there. But we need to understand that all the plans of God um, are all about family. They are all about people. Uh, in fact, uh, everything he talks about, he talks about the people of God, um, the family of God. Um, uh, we, we look in terms of the church, um, and yet we have used the gospel to be something very personal, as, and as if the gospel is uh, just an individual message of forgiveness of sins, salvation, and you're good to go. And, and yet, even from Jesus, we see that that was not the focus. And so I want us to bring us back. I think if we are going to truly experience the fullness of what God wants in our individual lives, we need to begin to put aside our individual lives and embrace a kingdom view. Uh, because God came to establish the kingdom, um, not a bunch of individual Christians who just go on their way and are all separated. His whole purpose was to reestablish the kingdom the way it was meant to be from the very beginning. And if you'll look at even the, the verbiage that Jesus uses, when Jesus came, um, uh, and again, we, we look at it to save me, to redeem me, to forgive my sins, um, he did because you were on his mind, but that was only to accomplish something bigger than that. The only reason he died to forgive our sins was so that you could then be able to do what you were meant to do, which was to be part of the kingdom. Um, salvation was not the end. Salvation was just the, the very beginning uh, of what God's purpose was for us. And so we see even in Mark chapter 1, the very beginning um, of Mark's uh, uh, account of the gospel, it says, now after John, and this was John the Baptist, was put in prison, now it was time for Jesus to come up. And so Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He did not go around preaching the gospel of individual salvation. 
he went around, and, and we'll see this throughout. We're not going to read every, but if you read through all the Gospels, you'll see nonstop everything that Jesus said. He constantly said, this is what the kingdom is like. I've come to establish the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. I'm calling you into the kingdom. That is how he spoke because everything he was doing was the gospel of the kingdom. Many times we think of the gospel, the good news is that you can be forgiven. That's not what the good news was. The good news is that the kingdom is here. God has overthrown the enemies and we now have the kingdom again. We now have uh, uh, the reign of Christ in his people to experience um, uh, the family and the purpose of mankind. He went on and said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And look what he says, therefore repent and believe in the gospel. Now, we know that many times he's going to say, believe in me, follow me, but the whole purpose is that is to bring us into the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Um, understanding the call of Jesus is understand that Jesus called us to kingdom. Uh, and kingdom, what is the kingdom? The kingdom is, a, uh, uh, it is not an individual experience. Uh, it is a place where there are citizens. It is a land where people, there are communities uh, where there are uh, groups um, that we uh, interact with one another, we, we feed off one another, we um, live in, in harmony with one another. When you think of a kingdom or a nation, you never think of an individual person, you think of a group of people. Um, and, and it is through that group that peace is supplied, protection is found, because it is in as we come together as a kingdom under a king... Um, we find life. And, and so Jesus says, here is the whole point that we're going to talk about over these next four weeks. Repent and believe in the gospel of the kingdom. That through Jesus, yes, it is through Jesus, and it is through repentance, and it is through individual salvation that I am able to enter in to the kingdom. Salvation is the doorway. How many, when you go to a house, you don't just stand in the doorway? Oh, this is just lovely. I'm so glad to be in your doorway. And yet many of us as Christians, we come to salvation. It's like, that's all I wanted. I just wanted salvation, forgiveness. And we're just standing in the doorway. And Jesus says, are you ever going to come in? I did not die just for the forgiveness of sins, but the forgiveness of our sins are to usher you in to the kingdom. So I'm going to go through the Bible, and we're going to look at, now there are tons of people that we can look at, the call of the kingdom. What does it mean? What, are, what does it mean to enter the kingdom? What does it mean to truly put our salvation into action? Um, to experience forgiveness of sins and renewal and redemption so that we can then enter in uh, to the kingdom. So we're going to look at the calls of the kingdom throughout the Bible, and we're going to move through the Old Testament through the, into the New Testament, and uh, only four, uh, so some, some pretty basic ones that we're going to look at that kind of surmise all of them, but yet throughout the Word of God, people were called uh, into the kingdom. Today we're going to go all the way back to the beginning um, uh, in the early uh, part of creation into Genesis. And so in Genesis chapter 6, we're going to look at a man uh, who shows us the first assignment that we have as the kingdom. 
What are we assigned to do as the kingdom? How do we live uh, kingdom living? Um, what does it look like? Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 1, we look at the story of Noah. It says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. You see, the kingdom of God had been destroyed. We know that it was broken from the time of the Garden of Eden, and and God desires, and he put into, into place this plan that is just starting to bring the kingdom back. And uh, it had get, gotten to a place that, that the wickedness was so bad that he said, we are gonna, we're going to start over again. And it's going to be through you, Noah. I'm going to start the kingdom of God through you again. And so he tells him, verse 14, make yourself an ark of gopher wood and make rooms in it. Uh, in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And it goes on and he gives them all the, the uh, instructions on how to make this ark because the ark is the very beginning picture uh, of the kingdom of God. Now we know that Jesus himself referred to Noah and he said, when I come back again, uh, the coming of the Son of Man is going to be very similar again to the days of Noah. Uh, everyone is going to be giving and taking in marriage and living life and, and enjoying life, and yet the end will come quickly. And only those that are in the ark, only those that are in the kingdom of God uh, are going to find salvation. And, and so we look back at this, then how does the kingdom begin? Uh, the summary of this is in Hebrews uh, chapter 11. In verse 7, and it, it says that by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So we see that understanding that God had a plan and a purpose to destroy the old world and to bring in a new world, it says that he did one thing. He prepared an ark. You know what he did? He built. And our first assignment in the kingdom is to build. If we are to be kingdom people, if we are truly saved, if we call ourselves by the Christians and we need to ask ourselves, are we in the kingdom of God? And the first assignment that we all have in the kingdom is we need to be builders. We need to be like Noah, understanding we've been warned, uh, we've been told the words of God, we've been warned of our own sin, we've been warned of the earth's sin, we've been warned of the plan of God that he is coming to, to uh, bring judgment on the world, and we know that that is still the case. So therefore, like Noah, it says, out of godly fear, he began to build. Now, it is not that he earned salvation, because it says, even as he built, he became an heir of righteousness out of faith. And so all of these ki kingdom living assignments, all of these things we do in the kingdom, they are not to earn God's favor, we're going we're gonna to see that, but they are out of a heart of faith. Because of what God has called us to, we step into faith into the purposes of the kingdom. And so therefore we are called to build. 
what are we called to build? We know that Noah built the ark. Um, we are to build the church. The ark was the place of safety. It was the place um, where the reign of God uh, had precedence, whereas everywhere else, people um, and their wickedness and their own selfish desires took place. Jesus says this in, in showing the contrast to the world where there is wickedness and hell and punishment and judgment is coming as opposed to where God's reign is. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is the place of safety. The church is not an institution of itself, but it is a place founded upon who Jesus is. It says that I will build my church, and as we build the church, this is the thing that is going to break down the gates of hell. The church is the, is the instrument that God has purposed to save his people, to, to defeat the weapons of the enemy. But now the church is not because we are that great or people are, are worthy of it. Jesus said this church is built on one thing. And we know that it is built on the statement that Peter made when, when Jesus asked, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are our Lord. And Jesus said, This is what I will build my church upon. So he is looking for people who are willing to come and yield themselves and say, Jesus, you are our Messiah. You are our Lord. You are our King. Therefore, we submit to the kingdom of God. And as we begin to submit to the kingdom, as we give ourselves to our King, we begin to build the church. We begin to build one another up. We begin to come together. You see, we are not saved to live individual lives. We are saved to build the church. Because Jesus says, I need to build my church. And as Jesus builds his church through us, yes, we are the ones that yield ourselves to God. Just as Noah, Noah said, I'm the one that will actually hammer the nails. But we know that it was his faith in God that made what he built a success. In fact, everything he did was only because God told him how to do it. God told him where to get the materials. God told him what to use. God told him how to measure it, what uh, size to do. Everything he did was only through the grace of God. And as we build the church, yes, it's up to us. We need to use our effort and our actions and our choices to build the church. But yet we do it humbly and in repentance, knowing that everything I do is by faith in God, that it is through the power of God. But yet I yield myself to the Spirit and I say, Spirit, use me to be the instrument to bring salvation to those around me, to my family. Not only to the family you notice that as he built the ark, it brought salvation to creation. The animals, um, the plants that he brought in, that, that it was beyond even his own family. But it is his faithfulness to build that brought life and the existence of the kingdom. So we are called to build. As Christians, I want to encourage you. Have you built the kingdom? Are you consciously and intentionally living your life in such a way that your life makes the kingdom of God stronger? 
You see, that's how we need to measure our Christianity. Not whether I have said a prayer and Jesus has forgiven my sins. He forgave our sins so that he could get the things out of the way of our life that are keeping us from building the kingdom. So to just say that I'm forgiven and, and, and now I'm clean is to say, now what are you doing with it? You know, Jesus told the, the parable of this, uh, of the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man who went on a journey and he came to his servants and he each gave to them uh, pieces of silver and talents to take care of them, to be stewards of them while he was gone. And he gave one ten talents and one five and one one. We know the story. The one with ten went out and, and he grew the money. He used it. He made a difference and he got ten more. The other one with five went out and grew it and, and worked with it and he got five more. The one that only had one is that I've just got one. I don't want to lose it. I'm just going to hide it and bury it so that, that I will have it. But he didn't do anything with it. And we know that in the end, Jesus said, here's what the kingdom is like, that the man came back and he said, what have you done with what I gave you? And the ten said, I've gotten more. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then the one with five said, I, I now have ten. Well done. The one that came with only one, he says, here's your one that you gave me. And I didn't lose it. And he said, you wicked, wicked servant. Now he was a chosen servant of the king. And yet, because he did nothing, he says, I could have put it in the bank and made interest. You could have built it up. You could have at least uh, uh, tried to do something with it. He took it and he gave it to the other with ten. And it said that that servant was cast out. It is the same with us. This is a parable of the kingdom. We have been forgiven. We've been given salvation, not just to say, oh, good thing I don't have to go to hell anymore then you've missed out what salvation is. It is so that he has left you with the ability to make the kingdom better, that what you have, no matter how small it is, are you making sure that you, in your life, makes the kingdom better? You see, in 1 Corinthians, talking about the church, um, Paul is admonishing the church because they were more worried about uh, what person they were following and, and, you know, this person is a better leader and this person's a better leader. And it was more about just having little cliques and groups and coming and just having their little club time. They had forgot what the church was about. It was about building the kingdom. And he says this in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3 says, According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. First of all, there is no other foundation that anyone can lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he's saying, you need to understand that we're here to build the church. We're here to build the kingdom. We're not here to have our own little parties. We're not here to have a social club. We are here to build, and we need to begin to ask ourselves, how are we building? Now, first of all, as we build, we understand that no one else lays the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. Jesus is what we build upon. So that never changes. We have not earned anything, because how many know the foundation? Without the foundation, whatever you build is worthless. It's going to fall. It's going to be destroyed. So we build understanding that it's not us, but it is Jesus. 
But he says, now, if you build on this foundation with gold and silver and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one of your works will become clear, for the day is going to declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer great loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So he's saying we are called to build the church. On the foundation of Christ, we are to follow others. And and he talks about earlier, and you can read the whole chapter, that some water, some plant, some harvest. We don't judge what your function is in the church. We are just called to step in. And make a difference. And he, he says that as we build, if we are building, now, and, and here's how many people misunderstand this. He's looking for people that are just will build. Will you build on the church? So he's not talking about the wicked servant who did nothing. He's talking about people who have understood that their job is to build. And this is what he's saying. Even if you build with wood, hay, and stubble. We know that at the end, the, the fire is, gonna, is going to prove what it was. Many times we build with hay, and, and it's just not going to last. But at least you built. And he says that it will be destroyed. There may not be any reward, but you will be saved as through fire. Because you are a builder, I mean, you're not going to see a whole lot. But you are one that is saved. You are one that is part of the kingdom. But what he's saying is, but we need to strive to build with gems, with gold, with silver, something that's going to last, something that's not going to be burnt up. Now, thank God for those that come and just give whatever they can, but he's saying, let's strive to build with things that will bring a reward, those things that, that will, will be recognized. What are you building the church with? Now, are you giving of yourself in such a way that is just the leftovers, the remnants? Is church just a second thought to you? Then it's going to be burnt up. Are we willing to say, God, I'm going to give you my best? You see, gold, silver, precious stones are valuable. Do you give what's valuable of yourself to build the kingdom? Do you really want to hear those, th- that phrase, well done? There's a reward for you. We need to build, not with the leftovers, not with uh, when I have time for the kingdom, for the church, but I'm going to build the family of God, the people of God, the church of God with all that I have. You see, in Ephesians, here we get a picture of the church. And, and, of course, when we say the church, we're not talking about the church, the building. We're talking about the, the, the family that God has put us in, the part of the body that we are interacting with, where we um, uh, uh, worship and, and bring the reign of God into this association of people. The church is people. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, He gave some, this is God, He gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. So to the church, 
he has called some to be uh, people of these uh, uh, stations. And they are for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the building up. To edify is to build, and edifice is a, is a building, to edify the body of Christ. Now notice this. The pastors, the, the prophets, the missionaries, the apostles, they are not to build the church. It says he gave them to equip everyone else to edify the body of Christ. Everyone else is to be the builders. We are not to leave it up to the pastor. We're not to leave it up to an evangelist. We're not to leave it up. These words that you hear from us, even your Sunday school teacher, when you hear, when we come together and hear, they are to equip us so that we can then build the church. We can then come alongside others and hold each other up. We can then bring others into the church. We can make the church function. You see, the people are called to build the church, not to leave it uh, for the leaders. And we are to do that until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what we're building. We are building each one because we want all, all of us together to come to know God in His fullness. That we can all grow and mature and be better in Christ. Now that's a process. He says that we are to be building one another up until we get there. Now how many know we're not there yet? Therefore, we're not done building. So there's never a point in time that we can say, okay, phew, I've done my part, we're done. Well, is everyone in the church uh, unified with Christ? Have we come to the fullness of God? Then you're not done. We continue to build. Now look at how does we do that? It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting that's what we deal with that's why we're building this church because the church is being uh, uh, bombarded by this world constantly but we speak the truth in love and the truth is the gospel it is the word of God the truth is not the truth of what you perceive as the truth like I just got to tell you you're just really messing up that's just the truth that's not the truth he's talking about you don't need to but I'm speaking it in love you know what don't wear that dress it just really doesn't look good on you Okay, that's not the, he's not telling you to speak the truth, but I'm just saying it in love. When he says speak the truth in love, he's talking about the truth, the word of God, uh, the gospel, uh, the, the uh, teachings that God has given us. Speak the truth in love. There's some truths that you perceive that you need to just keep to yourself. Okay, that's where we are not called to be uh, 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 criticizers, condemners, judgers. Um, but we are to be builders, encouragers, uh, those that sustain and lift up. Finally, it says, from whom uh, the whole body, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes the growth of the body for the edifying itself in love. Does that not describe what it means to build the church? Now here's where people say, well, I'm just a follower of Christ. And you know what? You, you can, uh, 
we think of the church as the universal church, and I'm just part of the universal church, so I'm doing my part, then you're not understanding the church. Yes, there is a universal church that we're all a part of, but if we are all part of a universal church, then we are all, it says, joined and knit together. Now, does joined and knit together sound like something you can just choose to do your own thing when you have time to come together? No. It's saying even though we're part of the universal church, we are also part of a local part of the body. When you think of the body, there's the whole body. But you are part of some portion in the body. We, Hopeville Assembly of God, is a smaller portion of the whole body. But if we are part of the local church, then we are called to be joined and knit together to do whatever part God has for this part. Maybe we're part of a muscle group. Maybe we're part of the skin. Uh, maybe we're part of, of, of a nerve system. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But no matter what smaller part you are, you are to be joined and knit together. And this is what Christians do not understand. That is why the church is so weak. Because we are not joining ourselves and knitting ourselves together with the local church. We are simply coming when we have time. We, we have this very casual interaction and therefore the church that Jesus is trying to build so that the gates of hell will not prevail against it we are not saving anyone and we're leaky uh, we're like an ark that that uh, Noah forgot to patch on the inside so that the water doesn't come in it's not going to float unless we are joined and knit together so we need to begin to take seriously the kingdom of God not just our individual salvation in fact our individual salvation is meant to enter us into the kingdom so that we will be joint joined and knit together and it says with every joint doing its part if we are not all doing our part now it doesn't mean your part may not be a super you don't have to be some great educated person just do your part that's what god is calling us but we need to ask ourselves are we doing our part Am I giving what I have? The little bit. You know, you might just be the boy that came to hear Jesus and brought his lunch. And that's all that God's called you to do is to be there. <clears throat> but you have something to give. Are we building? This is our assignment. This is our kingdom uh, uh, assignment is to build the church. Does your life of following Christ make the body stronger? And by the body, I mean the local church. Those watching, you might not be part of Hopeville, but you need to be part of some local church. And there's no local church that's better than the other, but whatever local uh, part of the body you're in, you need to get in and join and knit yourself to it. People that just hop around from church to church, you know what, those are the things that cause problems in the body, right? If you ever have parts in your body that are floating around, moving around, what does the doctors usually do? Hey, we got to take that out. It's either going to cause an embolism, it's going to float around someplace and get, you know, that's what a lot of Christians are. They're, they're people that God's going to have to just take out because you are not joining and knitting into a place where God has called you to make a difference. Now, here's the thing. We all have been given gifts. We've all been given something. You might think, well, I don't have anything to give. This is what the Corinthian church um, was all about, finding bigger gifts and, and special gifts. But Paul tells them, so with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, 
strive to excel in building up the church. In other words, stop looking, um, uh, going around for, for these great moves of the Spirit. See, some people just want to go someplace where things are happening. You know, I, I, I want to go where the Spirit's moving. Oh, you know, nothing's here. I'm just not getting fed here, Pastor. I'm just going to have to leave. I hear that all the time. You are not called to get fed. You are called to strive to excel in building the church. You are called to find a place, get in it, and make it better because of you. Not because of what the pastor is doing or someone that's the, the greatest teacher and, woo, that really turns me on. Stop looking for manifestations of the Spirit and begin to excel in building the church and saying, God, just show me what I can do. Now, when you think of that, think about Noah. We've been talking about Noah building the ark. Building the church is the same way. Think about Noah building the ark. It didn't happen overnight. Who knows how long it took Noah to build the ark? 120 years. You got to understand if we're going to build a church, it's not going to happen overnight. I've been there five years and nothing's changed. Wow, you're just really committed to building that church. Noah took 120 years. In other words, building the church, um, it, it, takes, it takes consistency. It takes perseverance. It takes, stop worrying about how long it's going to take. I'm just here, whenever it happens, it happens. I'm going to here for the long run. We need to understand that. The second thing is, not only does it take time, so therefore it takes commitment, and it takes ongoing commitment, it is also many times very thankless job. Did Noah get thanked by the people around him? Oh, thank you for being, no, he got mocked. He got made fun of. And, and I don't even know if some of his own family at some point didn't say, really, Dad? Come on. Can we not get, it's a thankless job but we're building the kingdom. People, we've got to start to be inspired of what the kingdom is. The kingdom, it may not look like much now, but there's coming a day when that's gonna be the salvation, that you're gonna thank God you built the kingdom. Do you think God that Noah's sons, and maybe, maybe not his sons, maybe his daughter-in-laws, my father-in-law, oh my goodness, what did I marry into? But do you think when that first drop started falling, they said, Oh, thank you, Father-in-law. I love you very much now, right? We need to understand building the kingdom may not look all fun and, and exciting right now, but there's coming a day when the kingdom that you have built and put yourself into is going to be the most joyous thing that you look back on and say, thank God that Jesus brought me in to this kingdom. Now, I want to encourage you. You might say, I just don't have a whole lot of talents. Even though God says everyone has talent. In Romans chapter 12, he says, I've given everyone talent. For some, maybe your talent is, is, is to teach. Maybe your talent is to administer. Maybe your talent is to organize. Then you can build the church through that. You give yourself to. Maybe your talent is to serve. You know what? To serve the church, to show up and sweep and do whatever, those things are building the church. You are making the church possible to function, that we can be a light in the community. Everything we do is part of building the church. But I want to end by this last thing. 
Because here's the one thing that, that you forget. It's not about how great of talent you have. But you can all do this. And this is where we see the, 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 the church really being weak. Because in the end, it doesn't matter as much what you do as it does that you are there. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. You are part of the kingdom. You are citizens in the kingdom. You are members of the household of God. Now look at this. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ himself being the cornerstone. We talked about this. God is building the kingdom. God is building uh, the church. And we are part of that. In whom the whole structure being joined together. Again, we get that picture. We're joined together. Grows into the holy temple of the Lord. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You see, not only are you called to build, but we are called to be the building. God wants to build with us. Sometimes if you think, I have no skills, you know what? You can be a brick. A brick doesn't have a whole lot of skills, right? But thank God for every brick in a building. You start taking out bricks, what happens? You know what God has called some of us? You are part of the family. You don't think you have much to give? Be a brick. You might be an important brick just because you're there. You might be holding up someone else that may be doing something, but your brick is what they are leaning on. There are so many people that the church is hurt because they're not here. God cannot build us together if we're not here. It says that we are being built together as a beautiful temple of God where the Holy Spirit can come and dwell. The biggest thing you can do to build the church is to come and be a part of it. Just to come and be, just to be part of the kingdom of God, to give yourself to the kingdom. And in so doing, you build the kingdom. Maybe not by doing anything, but you build it by being part of the building, of being part of the family of God. You see, that is so important. And then you know what? Who knows? Once you come and you get joined in, once you come and, and you get fitted in and God just places you in there, that God doesn't begin to open up new areas that God gives you. Uh, to serve and to encourage and, and to make the, 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 the building stronger, the kingdom better. But the first thing we knew is we need to just come and say, I will be joined. I will be knit together. You can lean on me. I'm going to be right in the middle of what God is doing. Sometimes you never know when God's going to show up. And it might be the one time that we're not there. And that's why we need to begin to commit ourselves to being a part of what God is doing in the kingdom of God. So we're going to close. Are you called? You are called, but are you answering the call to the kingdom of God? If you have called on the name of the Lord, if you have experienced salvation and forgiveness of sins, then you have not 
finished that until you get into the kingdom and begin to build. It says that Noah became an heir of righteousness because he simply yielded himself to build. And he pushed through all the years, all the mockings, all the sacrifices, but he built. Are you willing to build? We need to make this church, this local assembly, part of of the building, the kingdom that God is putting together. Now, thank God it's not just us, but let's do our part. And then for us to do our part, I need you to do your part. And it's not about me because I'm moving on to what God has called me, but you know what? You are still going to build because you are the ones that we have equipped to step in and to begin to build and to begin to lift one another up, to edify one another, to seek the word of God, to worship God, and that as you simply give yourself the kingdom of God will be built. Will you answer the call? The kingdom assignment that God has given us, and he's given this to all of us. It's not just the pastors, the preachers, the evangelists. It says you have been given the job of building the church. Let's pray.